There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Okay, listeners, we have a, I I won't say fun episode. (laughs) Sure. Some of it is not fun, but I'll say some of it is fun. Some of it is fun and some of it is very not fun. So get ready for a roller coaster of an episode. You're going to feel all Mm -hmm. sorts of things. (laughs) Oh, we're going to take you on a journey. (laughs) But before we do that, uh, we got a shout out. Some of our new patrons, we have a new vessel head joining us. And that is Isaac Cole. Isaac, welcome aboard. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome aboard, Isaac. Um, and and welcome home, should I say, to the newest members of Tony Collette's mm. uh, inner circle. Yeah. Tony fucking Collette's inner circle. I love it is that. It is home here. So welcome home <laughs> to this great group of new patrons. They are Elaine Granito. Caitlin H, Aaron Nelson, Kayla Moore, Haley Runco, Aaron Hunter, Polly, Brendan Cooks, Jordan A, Kelly N, Kimberly Cox, Carrie Nepel, Kateri Cavanaugh, Aaron, CN Dandelion, Lindsay Thomas, Ellen, Melissa Eisenman, Catherine Desai, Jade Foster, Liliana Topet, Sarah V, Hejan Gregory, Kate, and Kevin McGonagall. Wow. How? Holy smokes. Welcome, welcome home to the circle. Lots of people coming home. (laughs) You love to see people coming home, Um, especially in this beginning of the holiday season oh this is home's where you want to be right now cozy it's where the heart is and it's where we all are it's where the heart is it's where tony is and we also have a couple people that have upgraded they are trice sanders and leslie jane mace thank you guys so much thank you everybody we appreciate your Mm. support so goddamn much it really means so much to us and if you want to join our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. We have an episode on Squid Game coming up, which we just recorded. <laughs> Holy shit. You're not going to want to miss it if you are too scared to watch it because it's I don't have to tell you this. It's the most popular show that's ever happened on Netflix. It is talked about. <laughs> yeah. Even if what you're too scared about is you're too scared to be sad like me and I just get to hear about it without sinking into the deep uh, despair that is um, Squid Game. The, the state of Squid Game. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you better freaking check that out. Better freaking check that out. And until then, <laughs> you better check this episode, episode you better out. Check it out. You better stay on the line. <laughs> if you thought about just listening to this part and then get and then stopping the episode, I respect your choice. Pretty weird, but uh, <laughs> I think you better stay on the line. I think you should stay on the line. Enjoy. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, 
everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, so I watch them so that you don't have to, and I tell you all about them, because I know you're curious. <sighs> we love her for it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a gift. It's a service. It's a and it is a gift to all of us, um, and we do appreciate it. Um, what's up with us? I, I, someone recently asked um, on our Instagram why we don't ask oh, if something scary happened to us this week, and I feel like the world is still scary. That's the reason why we stopped doing it. We're like, oh, the world is like sad and scary, and it feels weird to be like, yeah, something scary happened this week. Everything. Um, so that's just why. But also. What I was going to say is something scary did happen to me this week. Okay, let's hear. And scary in like a mortality type of way. Oh, no. Which is that, and you guys already know this actually because I texted you, but um, <laughs> uh, a good friend of mine un- installed a stripper pole oh. in her house recently. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> which totally rules and i i think i will get one um at some point uh it's and i but i was so excited it's a great workout and it's like fun and cool anyway i was so excited to go over and try her poll because i was like i mean i gotta see what the deal is she's been posting all these videos she's loving it so i went over and i tried it and it is really fun it's it's great um and i did it for two minutes uh, trying things. First of all, I'm not nearly as strong as I thought I was, so that is scary. Number two, I pulled a muscle. <laughs> yeah, of course you did. <laughs> I like, I, of course I did. And I was like, oh my God. I like, I just, I, I, it's new muscles that you're not used to using. Stripper pulls are extremely so much inner di- thigh. So difficult. You have to have insane core. Like, you have to be so strong. Yeah, and strong. I thought that I did. <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> um, I pulled, yeah, no, I didn't. I pulled, it's like on my oblique. It hurts Ow. so bad, you guys. And I so quickly was like, you can't just, like, throw your body around anymore. Mm-hmm. No. In life. I so, I was. Um, you got to be prepared to, you got to prepare to exercise. Oh, my God. I know. Joel's like, did you stretch? I was like, no, I didn't stretch. What are you talking about? <laughs> no. Um, ugh, it really hurts, you guys. Um, and I don't, I don't love facing that reality. But I will heal and uh, and be prepared that I will also get a pole someday. And you guys can try it, but you should stretch first. Just yeah. so you know. Learn from we, me. Yeah, we're learning our lesson early. This is great. I'm yeah. sorry for your... For your soreness, but mm-hmm. we will thank learn you. from this. And thank you for together. offering me uh, muscle relaxers if I need them. Of course. <laughs> yes. I might. I've got them for my TMJ. Do they work? <laughs> do muscle relaxers actually do anything? They do. They do. They just make you real groggy. So I don't take them very often. Because mm, they the- relax all your muscles, right? That's the only way they would work. They don't know which ones to relax, right? I think. I mean, I don't totally know how they work. But yeah, when I first was prescribed them, the doctor said to take them three times a day. It's <laughs> just like absolutely insane. And I was taking them at work and I started auditory hallucinating and kept thinking someone was coming up behind me and would jerk around and be like, who's, who's there? <laughs> there be nobody there. It's like, I can't fucking take these three times a day. This is crazy. Wait, you know what? That same thing happened to me. Tim and I, one time, we took Ambien, and we thought someone was in the room with us. We had, like, a yeah. shared experience of thinking someone was in the room. Oh, no. Wait, are these accidental ghost uh, encounters? 
And Maybe. I'm just dismissing would, them. Yeah. If both of you together saw the same person, I'd be like, maybe there was a person in your no, room. No, no, no. We didn't see the same person. We just were both in bed and we felt like there was someone else there. We didn't see anything. It was a, more of a feeling. Anyway, I don't know. It was a ghost. It was a ghost. Maybe. Probably a ghost. What's up with you guys? Um, I don't really have much of anything to, to talk about this week, except my hair is falling out so intensely. After you give birth, <sighs> oh. your hair falls out, and I've entered the hair falling out stage, and it is out of control. And there's a thing mm. that that is a problem, actually, where your hair can get wrapped around your baby's limbs. <laughs> What? <laughs> like and it's like, like snakes? And it, like as if they like travels? And it's 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 called a hair tour- tourniquet and it can actually like really be really painful like for them. That's with their blood flow. Uh-huh. It can be really painful. Like yeah. after it after it falls out of your head, it gets, like, it gets around the around, baby. Yeah, it gets like wrapped around their finger or something and it can be really painful for them. So I'm on constant. I'm so vigilant. I'm on constant alert, like stressed because my hair is fucking everywhere and it's falling out insane amounts. Um, and I think I'm just going to cut it all off. And maybe this is why people get mom haircuts. Is this why people get mom haircuts is because of this because of hair tourniquets? And also, if, any, hair if anyone has any, like, tips about what to do, like, I'm going to be bald in, like, 10 days at this rate. So I'm stressed. Having kids is crazy, man. There's so many things that they don't tell you. It's, it's all, like, Motherhood is Fucking insane. hair tourniquets. Never heard that before <laughs> in my goddamn life. <laughs> I'm sorry that I crazy. feel like I only talk about mom things now, but it's the only thing I have to talk about. Henley. That's it. If I... And if any one of the things that you've experienced in the last, let's say, nine months plus three months, a year, if any of the things that you've experienced in the last year happened to me, it would be all, any one of those would be the only thing I talked about. <laughs> if I, my hair was falling out and making tourniquets around a baby's fingers, I would be like <laughs> screaming it to everyone I know. Are you kidding me? Of course you should talk about it. That's fucking crazy. Well, okay. So part of the reason why it makes me so nervous too is because when I was pregnant, I was in the pharmacy and this man rushed into the pharmacy and he was so stressed and like cut, like asked if he could cut the line because he needed to buy nail clippers because he said that a hair had wrapped around his baby's finger and he needed to cut it off and he was having like wow. a panic attack about it and at the time I was like why was he buying nail clippers because I guess to, to cut the hair needed, like little clippers to like cut the hair oh like the little tiny scissors yeah. and so at the time I was like that guy's just like not sleeping well like there's no way that's actually like a thing you know like he's like having a moment like sure he cut the line like it can't be that serious now that it's happening to me i get it it's stressful it's serious it's serious yeah um anyway that's the only that's the only thing i have to talk about are hair tourniquets well, that's a yeah that's pretty crazy <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty crazy well yeah yeah uh sammy what about um, you top that I, sammy top that I had something kind of scary happen to me this week, too. Um, In acupuncture, I had a needle hit a blood vessel, and now I have a big bruise on my wrist. (gasps) Holy shit. And I just have never had that happen before. It didn't hurt. And I honestly felt really good after the acupuncture still. Like, it was still (laughs) a very nice, relaxing session. I love my acupuncturist. She's the best. Um, But, yeah, I was just like, oh. Did you know it was happening when, when it happened? 
Like, could you feel it hit something? Um, it felt a little itchy, but no, it didn't hurt. Huh. Itchy because maybe does it like cause more pressure under your skin? Maybe. Yeah. It Like I could feel that it was a little different than the other ones, but I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it all, it always feels a little bit like a needle in your skin. So it's like, I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, there's a needle in there, so <laughs> I'm going to feel it a little bit, wow. but and then it's fine and it's going to heal right up and everything's going to be fine, <laughs> but <laughs> it was a little scary. Um, But no, it was great. And then the other thing I wanted to say is that I mean, by the time this comes out, it'll already have happened, but Succession Season 3 starts tonight, <gasps> and I just can't fucking wait. <laughs> oh my so, god, yeah. I forgot that's, that's, wait, that's tonight. Holy shit. That's tonight. tonight. That's uh, I mean, tonight. if you're listening to the podcast, it was three days ago. <laughs> but for us, it's tonight. Um, yeah, so I'm thrilled about that. Um, and the other scary thing that happened to me this week was that I watched a scary movie and it was the poughkeepsie tapes which came out in well 2007 and 2014 we'll talk about that in a second it was directed by john eric dowdle written by john eric dowdle and drew dowdle star chbosky ben mesmer lou george samantha robson and ivar broger it is available on our very favorite shutter.com mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have a guest here to talk about it with us he is an author and the co-host of the podcast ghost town it's jason horton Woo-hoo! thank you for being here jason hello i have no pill stories to offer um or anything exciting like that my life is perfect everything's in balance <laughs> i'm just getting younger and wealthier as we're sitting here speaking, oh my so God. nothing to contribute on that end. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm blessed, I suppose. Um, thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm inspired by this um, Benjamin Button. Yeah, young, life younger here. and wealthier. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, Jason, tell us a little bit about your kind of relationship with horror and spooky things in general how'd you get interested in in scary i've always been terrified i mean uh, pe- people that are listening that are scared of horror movies i always have but i always watch them and then i regret it so i i mean I've always been you know kind of drawn by them for the same reason a lot of people are and i kind of force myself to watch them sometimes it'll just be one and done i'm like that's it never going back i'm good and then sometimes i'll revisit it and, and i also i love um filming locations in general so like recently i went and checked out i went to the uh the house you know we're in the poster for movie insidious and mm-hmm. you know i always go back and some night uh, some nightmare on elm street uh spots that i that i didn't hit uh and uh, halloween obviously and i put those on my instagram um but uh so i i love that aspect of just especially living in los angeles there's just a lot of really great yeah uh great spot it's great spots here um so yeah and then i just you know it's it's i love weird dark history i'd say and then under that would be you know the haunted and paranormal and the true crime and and all mm-hmm. that and you know what i talk about in the, in, in the podcast and um just general interest in historic locations abandoned places so like that kind of dark esoteric stuff would be like the the top of the um pyramid for the pyramid scheme mm-hmm. that is whatever <laughs> it is we're doing here uh, <laughs> kind of where it's where it is that's where my that's where my downline is so um yeah 
Awesome. Did you did you watch any scary movies when you were a kid that just haunt you to this day? Oh, I, I mean, there'd be weird ones from the seventies, like Taurus Trap, like these weird uh, oh. Black Christmas, all those like. Uh, oh, Black Syria. Christmas! We did that. So scary. Yeah, any of that like stuff that's like whatever, like Italian or it's just it's the nineteen seventies. It's yep. inherently terrifying. It's like <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, is there is it anything safe? They make these, you know, it's, like everything's very dangerous and dark, and um, you know, they're just very avant garde. So things like that were scary. I mean, it when it came out forget it forget it i was like this is absolutely terrifying <laughs> uh you know like and and then yeah like general stuff but i've always like stuff like halloween i've always kind of like because i kind of saw that as more of i don't know there was something about it where that was somebody was coming to is that it's a horror movie yes but it's also just like a i don't like a, th- a thriller somebody's coming to get you but these mm-hmm, things that mm-hmm. are kind of strange and there's dreams and there's clowns forget it like any of that kind of stuff <laughs> serial very, killer very visually yeah like very like i don't know like yeah like terrifying clowns things like sh- shape-shifting and, and, and stuff like that that you feel like you're not like kind of in control of uh i've always been extremely uh and still to this day are still uh very terrifying but i will go and i, I will um i will wa- will watch them i'm kind of drawn to it and stuff so uh yeah yeah here here i am and here we are so you don't like like necessarily being scared i'm I'm wondering if you like go and do things in person and stuff if you like like haunted houses or that kind of thing do you like no no way okay okay, okay. no freaking way no way <laughs> one a lot of it is also it's like going and doing it and then you know i don't know i just feel like that's also for you know for the ghost town i talk about like bad things that have happened in haunted houses Mm -hmm. especially like i grew up in like uh new york and new jersey so like there's haunted houses that are like great adventure things that have had where people like die because it's just it's asbestos and there's just Mm -hmm. like there's just like holes everywhere like things are not like things are not safe so uh yeah i'm just not nah I don't like any of that. Yeah, yeah, fair. No, thank you. But I will go, I, I will go like, you know, ex- like if there was an abandoned thing, like I'll go check all, like that out. Things that are, are actually probably dangerous. Um, but <laughs> as far as things that like, you know, their job is just to like scream at you. I just don't want to be screamed at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I, wanna, I hate I don't that wanna, too. I don't want to pay to be screamed at. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, there's, no, plus, there's often usually clowns at those things too, you know? Clowns, I feel like, have, have featured heavily in those haunted house experiences. So yeah. that would not. And, you know, one of them in any given time, one of them is like. They're like, I mean, this would be a good time to start being a murderer, like I've been planning on doing because <laughs> right. I'm already like not like you don't know who I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that's like that's out there. I know that it is. Mm, so right. And then. You, if that's in your head, you're not going to want to pay for that experience either. You're not going to want to pay. No, I'm murdered. also very, very cheap. That's how I stay so wealthy. You know, <laughs> I mean, like I don't want to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no thanks. No thanks. Wait, Sammy, do you like haunted houses? No, I was going to say I, I agree. I like strangely love horror movies, but I I can't handle it when someone is jumping out at me in real life. No, I I do not like it. Because also, I feel like the lines are very blurry about whether they can touch you or not, because I feel like they're not supposed to touch you, but then they always end up touching you. They always do. Yeah, I feel they like always end up. Always? Do. Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't, I've only been like twice because I fucking hate it, but I feel like, I feel like I've, I've been, been to a lot of ha- <laughs> I feel like I've been a lot of haunted houses and they always like they do. They always 
always like target the person who seems like this most scared. And it's always me. Yeah. Well, it would probably be you guys if we went together. <laughs> yeah. So I can't do that. No, Henley, you would maybe seem brave. I feel like you'd put on a brave face. I would put on a brave face because all my, yeah, my Capricorn, like practical, <laughs> like the part of me that would get killed if I was ever actually in a dangerous situation that would turn on. And I'd be like, I don't believe you. There are some though, where like, I feel like there are certain haunted house experiences where the deal is like, they can touch you and they can like take you away. Yeah. I've been to, I've been to those. Right. Henley, what? I don't know why. I don't know why. I feel like it's a thing that we would do. That's a real murderer's haven because they can't they can take you away. And then your friends are like, oh, they're just that's part of the thing. And it's like then they you could get murdered. You could be murdered. Even just yeah. like as a woman in the world, I'm like, don't take me away. Like what? Don't you can't ever take me somewhere away from the people I know in the dark. Yeah. I'm not gonna pay you to do this. No, I'm not fucking paying anybody for that. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's talk a bit about the Poughkeepsie tapes. We got some mm-hmm. some trivia. Let me give you a little stats. It has 67 on Rotten Tomato, a, a six on IMDb. And it's the same filmmakers as um, As Above, So Below okay. and Quarantine, which was the American remake of Wreck. Um, but so, OK, and about the like release drama about this movie so it i guess was finished and ready to go in 2007 they it premiered at tribeca and uh got picked up by mgm and they were getting ready to release it in 2008 like a wide theater release and it like had trailers attached to other movies so people were like oh this movie is coming out and then they pulled it at the last minute i guess and kept it like on the shelf until 2014 and they did like a very brief VOD release and then they pulled it from that again and then it was only in 2017 like fully released on like DVD and not still not in theater it never went to theaters but did they give a reason yeah wait why no they never gave a reason but people think it's because it's so gruesome (gasps) Oh, shit. I've never heard of this movie. Maybe that's why, because it like didn't have a whole big thing. But I my immediate thought is, oh, my God, imagine being an actor in that movie. What if this was like your first big thing and you're like, my movie's coming out and then they just don't do it. That would be stressful. And for the filmmakers, too, of just like working on it and then being like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah, that sucks. You kind of laughed when you said it's so gruesome. Is it not actually that gruesome or is it like, what's the, what do you think? Is that a legit reason? I think it's a legit reason. It's pretty okay. gross. It's pretty gross. It doesn't show okay. tons, but it like describes in detail a lot of very gross things. Yes. And Jason, you picked this movie. Yes. Do you have any sort of particular attachment <laughs> yes. to this movie? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is not, I'm not picking this because I was like, oh, this movie's really good and really freaky. I'm picking it because I used to live in Poughkeepsie. So oh, that is cool. my connection to it. And like, again, I'm very connected to locations and stuff. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, I lived, I grew up in, uh, before I moved to California in the Hudson Valley. And it's interesting when I tell people like, oh, what part of, Upstate, it's like an hour from New York City. I don't know, it depends on where you are, but I, I went to high school like in Newburgh and no one knows where Newburgh is. When I say Poughkeepsie, everyone knows, oh yeah, I know Poughkeepsie. I was like, how does so many people know? And I think Poughkeepsie has been, it's been used, I think as 
Hackensack, which I was born in New Jersey. I feel like those are like towns that people mention as a like reference. And so uh, I think that I think all that kind of adds to this movie because it's like a pretty like interesting name of a, of a town. And um, and so I, I lived in Poughkeepsie uh, and worked in Poughkeepsie for, for a time. And there's also uh, a, a which I thought that and I think this adds to it, but there is a, a serial killer from Poughkeepsie. Um, and I think that I, I believe that I, it wasn't an inspiration, you know, supposedly not inspiration has nothing to do with it. But I feel like those things coinciding at the same time uh, kind of added to it, I believe anyway. Because people don't re- really reference the movie, especially online, a lot of times without referencing um, the serial killer, uh, which was kind of around where I was around. So it's like an interesting thing to think like in that course of that time that I would have maybe been at the supermarket or the mall where I used to work at that mall in Poughkeepsie. I was just like, I wonder if that dude just kind of walked by and he's like, just buying some zip ties. <laughs> or some plastic bag. Yeah. Fuck. So there's, there's so, you know, again, like, you know, I, the podcast I do, you know, and like a lot of people do it's so there's a true crime aspect. There is a, you know, uh, um, a kind of a lost film aspect. So anything kind of, yeah, like I think a lot of things happen here um, that go into the lore of the Poughkeepsie tapes. Plus the name isn't that like, Oh, the Poughkeepsie tapes is this like some kind of weird local political thing. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Where the comp, yeah. the comp troller stole money. Um, but it's, so it's a kind of like a benign title. And I think that kind of adds to, um, adds to the whole thing. So, I mean, I don't think it's a, a necessarily a good movie, but I think it's an interesting movie. And it's interesting to me because I used to live in Poughkeepsie and how many horror movies have the town you used to live in? probably not that many right i mean i don't in in the world so it's kind of a kind of a rare thing so i kind of latched onto it yeah is the movie about the serial killer that was the real serial killer no not connected no interesting they're not connected but it's like i don't know a lot of towns don't have an actual documented serial killer you know in, in a lot of yeah by definition and especially you know in in a town in upstate new york uh, so I feel like, and that the, the serial killings happened between, I want to say 90s, 96 to 98. And the movie came out in 2007. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it was news. It was pro- I, you know, I vaguely remember reading it in the newspaper because there's you know, really no internet back then. So I feel like there has to be some kind of, um, inspiration to it. Mm. I mean, I mean, I don't know the why, why I don't, the filmmakers aren't tipsy. I feel like they're, I looked into that and, some of it is filmed in Poughkeepsie, but I think those are just some aerials that I noticed. Yeah. Like in the opening, if I had to guess, I think the filmmakers are from like Minnesota. So there's Minnesota and there's Los Angeles because maybe that's where they did some shot. You know, there's a lot of post-production and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I feel like they picked that place because that, I mean, otherwise it was just very random. What's their connection to Poughkeepsie? I haven't found any. Right. My take. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Isn't Vassar also in Poughkeepsie? It isn't it, Vassar's in Poughkeepsie, and where the serial killer lived was very close to Vassar. Did they catch the serial okay. killer? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Well, that's good. That's good news. That's good news. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, some good news. <laughs> um. Uh. Well, shall we watch the trailer for this and and get into it? Well, let's tell let's you guys do it. about it. 
Yeah. I'm seeing I'm seeing this trailer sadistic violence and torture, including terror and graphic descriptions. Fantastic. Jesus. Fantastic. And smoking. And smoking. Oh smoking. my god, and smoking. Well that no no, no thank you. That should have been number one. Today, police made a shocking discovery in Poughkeepsie. A third body was found here today. A Poughkeepsie couple vanished over the weekend, seemingly without a trace. Do you mind if I film this? I'm making a little movie about my trip. Oh my god, Hen, this is like your worst nightmare. You hate watching people be scared, and it seems like that's all you're gonna watch in this people being scared. I was just thinking that. I was like, no, I don't want to be scared in my own home. No, thank you. I like that it says coming soon. They were wrong. Pretty vague. Also, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Wow. I the I'm very curious because are we gonna like never see this killer because he or she? Yeah, that's kind of an interesting device. Shooting it. Maybe the killer is all of us. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Think about it. <laughs> Am I the killer? <sighs> Yes, I never thought about that. Oh, wow. It, this looks upsetting. It's yeah, upsetting. upsetting. Upsetting is like the perfect word for it, I I'd say. I don't like when that's the correct <laughs> word. Oh, my God. Well, should we just oh. get into it? Should we just fucking... Let's get into it. Let's rip this fucking bandaid off. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. 
So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I do want to say it does feel, so this movie was made in 2007. Feels like they're wrong. And maybe this will, maybe this will be part of it. But to me, it feels like the wrong choice to make this movie take place in September 2001. I know. Well, they talk about that. That's my They talk about that. Okay. Because it felt like they weren't. That's how the people, if you listen to the trailer, starts with in September of 2001. I was like, oh, shit. And then they don't address 9-11 at all in the trailer. So I was like, huh. They do in the movie. There's, <laughs> a, there's the a reason movie. Okay. for it. That is a that's better because otherwise huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I, I would say like the movie is there's like two things happening at once. You have the found footage portion, right, which is I guess at the time is a pretty good like, you know, paranormal activity is around i'm trying to think of when the first paranormal activity came out but it was kind of coming out around there blair witch was obviously found footage that's inherently terrifying especially you know if you're watching and pretend we're watching in 2007 we we haven't really been inundated with found footage type stuff and and within tv shows which has been a, a very popular device in order to be terrifying because it's inherently grainy and and scary and and not clear so when it's not clear, your imagination might be doing 80% of the work. Mm-hmm. So that part is, you know, is terrifying. And like you said, it, it's, it's, they don't, they indicate a lot and that's worse. In fact, I think showing it and not indicating it, because when you're indicating it, you're, you're again, your, your worst thoughts are coming through. And when they're showing it, it's like, well, you're showing us what it is. Yeah. That, that things. I was like, but I, in my mind, it could have been 50% worse. Um, and then you have this other part of the movie, which is the, kind of the uh, the news and the travel mm. and i can't decide if that's meant to be satire it's intentionally kind of meant to look like that or that's just the, how they filmed it to the best of their ability because it almost seems like not a joke but it seems like almost a parody of people talking about crime i don't mm-hmm. know if it's the way they shot it or that was mm. their intention so there's like there's two things happening at the same time. And I don't know what their intention is, but it kind of takes you in it and then out of it. When you hear the people go, you know, when you hear like the cops and the FBI and like the, you know, the forensic specialist, it's just not very, it looks like a sketch yeah, um, in a way. 
I would so, say they're like bad actors know. too. <laughs> and and I think that's part I of think it. That's on. I feel like this part. It's could be. It feels like it's either on purpose or it's just blurring that line. So in that in itself, but then it juxtaposes with pretty scary, you know, visuals that kind of are the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that could pretty much be the movie. You cut out a lot of that other stuff because it's not adding anything to it. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, anything it's taking away from it, or they're like, "Hey, this is pretty corny. Here's something uh, very scary uh, to you know kind of take <laughs> you along that thing." Mm-hmm. Right. But also something that I saw is that the person who is you know the, the POV of the killer is holding the camera, and they purposely had somebody that was not good at videography, so it wouldn't look very perfect. You right. know, they're like, mm-hmm. "Oh, let me make sure I get. Hold on, I'm gonna get over the shoulder." You know, all those all those things they had somebody who who isn't good at it which makes it almost like again jarring and real and i thought that was right. a really cool device just i don't want to make it's like i'm just ragging on this movie but um I, I it's something i was like oh yeah because if you have like an actual camera person they might make it look too clean and too safe you want it to almost be where you're kind of um t- a little out of sorts when, when you're watching mm-hmm. it so i thought that was a pretty cool uh device yeah, found footage is is tricky. I mean, it's easy to make it less scary. We recently did Paranormal Activity 3, and that was one of my complaints about it was like, it looks too good. Like the cameras are too nice yeah. and it makes it less scary. Like I want it to look like shit. <laughs> that like, makes like it VHS, feel way more real. Movie, which you probably have covered. I mean, I'm sure we haven't done VH, that one VHS, yet. Um, those I feel like they do a pretty, but that, that's a totally different thing. But they do a really good job. But that's the whole thing are these it's all found footage so and they're very different but yeah i think that is i also think it's easy to do found footage stuff especially if it's like really like crappy looking mm-hmm. um so you don't really know what you're seeing uh and so i think that's a really still i mean it's still a, re- a really really great device and they do it really well here and especially if you're watching in 2007 you're not already burned out from that like seeing it in movies and TV shows like 10 million times, just like a twist ending. Now, you know, you see a twist mm-hmm. ending now it's like, oh, okay. But you know, back when six cents came out, you're like, Whoa, okay. This Blue is f- new. People's fucking minds. Blue minds. And you know, I just watched old and like channel on and uh, yeah, mine not blown. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. yeah, the well, movie one, basically one question I have about uh-huh. the movie. Oh, sorry. Is that even, you know, found footage films um, usually still follow like the same set of characters or it's, you know, the same group. And there usually is still like a protagonist and all that. But it's sounding to me like maybe this movie doesn't even have that. Like it's literally just the news anchors and then these tapes. There's there's that's happening. But then there's also these cutaway interviews from like experts. And right. you, you might have like a, a you know, a, a police like a person in a car like of. looking in the back kind of be like hey we're driving to the blah 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 and it's like okay but then you just cut to like a stat like a thing where it's like i'm an hi i'm an expert expert in this here's me kind of explaining science science whatever and it just seems like again like a like a almost like a, a sketch or something like that it doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't add anything to it and mm-hmm. it doesn't really give you i i for me it doesn't really give you much information to doesn't make it more or less scary once you get to like the good stuff so yeah basically starts with them finding like over 800 tapes filmed from the killer's point of view uh that are like snuff snuff films basically and one of the things that they said 
early on in one of those like expert interviews is that what people don't realize is that any given time, there are somewhere between 25 and 50 active serial killers in the U S and I, what? if you, if you can believe it, I fact checked it. And that is, <gasps> seems to be <laughs> the case, which is Jesus. fucking crazy. Yeah. It's too many. That's too many, too many for my liking. Yeah. Um, I wonder where they're, I wonder if they're like mostly in certain places. They must be. I wonder you know? if there's like a map. <laughs> yeah. If they're in sure Poughkeepsie, if there's one in Poughkeepsie, I mean, there, one could be anywhere. Like the uh, Kendall Francois, who's the, this serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, very kind of cool name. I know. Very, very <laughs> Hi, I'm cool Kendall person. Francois and I murder people. <laughs> yeah, it's like cool name. I'm listening, you know. Just uh, <laughs> to, I mean, I don't know, to give a, a tiny background, he, he murdered uh, eight prostitutes, I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> people, you know, I, that, I think that was the kind of the, I guess, the demographic. And they were found like in his house. So, and I think his attic. So there is still this thing of finding things in someone's house that i think kind of correlates this movie enough to it gives it you know gives it wings it gives it wings a little bit and there's no there's no tapes or anything like that but there kind of is something to that plus the idea of like the blank tapes is very you know whether in anything in history or whatever like these like idea of these recordings and stuff like that whether it's uh demonic you know uh, exorcisms or something like that it's always kind of scary, the blank, blank, blank tapes. And when they're VHS tapes, like the ring or something like that, it's already like a very scary device. I, I agree. 800 of them? Get so out of here. Mean there are, <laughs> does that mean there are 800 murders? Um, no, it just, okay. he films like nonstop. He just films a okay. lot. Okay. Oh, so this Some is of like it is scary, Will and Grace, I think. Scary how to <laughs> with John Wilson. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Um, so we start with like it's, there's one of the sh- scenes that we're seeing that we go back to a lot is a like a classroom where someone is teaching about this serial killer. Um, mm. And uh, it starts with his first crime, which is him like kidnapping, raping and murdering an eight year old girl. What? And they just like say it. You don't like see much. I mean, you see like him meeting the girl and like the like, oh, like you don't have to be scared of me. Like that kind of thing. It's like horrible. And then the teacher of this classroom is like, that's nothing. He's just getting started. And like, that's nothing. (laughs) Like what? Like how much worse can it get? (laughs) That just like made me laugh. Like, oh, that's nothing. I don't think that's uh, nothing. Like, no, it's yeah, fine it, if it gets worse, but that's not nothing. <laughs> yeah, in any context, that's the wrong thing to say. Um, I don't care where you're going from there. That's incorrect. <laughs> um, and then it like tracks uh, a few of it, it. It goes like chronologically, I guess, through the tapes is what we're uh, meant to believe, and it shows him like getting better at things and doing more like premeditated stuff. It seems like the little girl was kind of a spur of the moment thing and him getting away with it uh, motivated him to like Mm. get bolder. Mm -hmm. And it shows we saw a little bit in the trailer of him, like getting in the car with a a couple and asking like, oh, can I film you guys film this? Like I'm making a movie and is he like hitchhiking and they pick him I up? I think so. Something like, okay. yeah, I think they're supposed to be dropping him off at a gas station. But 
in the like expert interviews later, we find out like that gas station's abandoned. He probably knew that he probably knew this road is really empty. And so he's like planning things in a way that now uh, he's like super um, efficient and premeditated and and whatnot. And that young couple, a very bad thing happens to them. Okay, okay, let's hear it. He well, so he killed he kills the guy. And then we don't really see what's what happens. And again, we don't like see a ton of the of the like gnarlier stuff, but um, it's all you're seeing it in your head. Like we said, you're drawing a picture for yourself and that is worse. (laughs) Definitely. So what happens is he cuts off the man's head and sews it into her stomach. And she somehow Wait, like survives that, but then Wait, they find what? the body into her, like inside her, st- open the stomach, put the head in. Yes. Which I don't know. I'm not sure of the, the medical science <laughs> behind this. <laughs> and how also does how she someone have... survive any of that? Yeah. I think and she also, does die a eventually. Is, a head is so big. It's big, too big <laughs> to fit in a, in a woman's Ew. stomach with her still Gross. alive for sure. Um, but then they like find they uh, they find the bodies, I guess, much later. So the bodies are, I don't know, they're not mummified and stopped that much later. But they just look like, you know, like corpses, old corpses. Um, but we're seeing what happened through the POV of the of the tapes. Um, and then I think someone says something to a police officer and is like, were you like impressed by his creativity? Like, I don't know. He, she, Ew, they ask a question what? or something and they end this woman, this police officer replies. No, after what he did to Cheryl Dempsey, I, like I couldn't have nothing but loathing for this man. And I'm like, wait, after uh, not these things that we've already seen. <laughs> this is nothing. Wait until you right. see. Ugh. OK, and Cheryl right. Dempsey is the main one of the main people in it. Right. From what I remember. Mm-hmm. I think yep. the Charles Dempsey character is like one of the main. Yes. Victims. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all it's very bad. She she. He goes into her house and uh, she's in the shower and it's all very creepy. Him like going to like setting up a camera in a place that can capture what's about to happen while he hides in the closet. We yeah. hear that her boyfriend is also there and. uh they like eventually fall asleep on the couch and he like sneaks down, kills the boyfriend first, then runs after Cheryl. And one thing that I thought was pretty clever and creative was he, he knocks chases, Cheryl knocks her down. And then you see him attacking her like through the shadow on the wall. Cause the camera like falls. So you can only see the shadow of it. And so it's like still looks fucking terrifying but i'm like oh what a like smart way to film that because mm-hmm. it would be just don't need like, any gore you don't right. need that's cool yeah so i thought that was clever um and then one thing that they say a lot in the expert interviews or i guess after this point is how he changes his mo a lot that's like one of his ways that he avoids being captured and um so this is when uh, he starts posing as a police officer and murdering prostitutes and he gets the name, the water street butcher. 
And we at this point have also seen that Cheryl Dempsey, he did not kill her. He just took her back to his house. She's in the basement of his house, like tied up and basically being horribly tortured. And he calls her slave and she has to call him master or yeah, it's gross. It's very bad. And uh, there's like a scene in which Girl Scouts come to his door trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. And he's like, well, why don't you come inside? And they're like, we're not supposed to come inside. And he says, well, I'm a police officer. So he's like clearly in his police officer uniform. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. Like, we can trust you. So they go inside. Right. And they hear something. Even if you were not a good enough reason. No, no, truly not. Not Not even close. And this was like, oh, I hate this part. They like, no, he, the girls hear something and in the basement, it's someone, one of the sex workers that he's like taken and is, is tied up in the basement, I guess. And they're like, they get scared. And he's like, okay, like you can, why don't you leave? You see yourselves out and they leave. And you're kind of like, well, wait, what? Like he's a murderer. Why did he just let them go? It's unexpected, I guess. Um, and then he pulls off a tablecloth of the table that he was sitting at. And, um, Cheryl is like bound underneath the table with no, like, she's not gagged, like her, she's not even bound. It's like a test of her. He's basically like fucked her, fucked with her head so much at this point that he's like testing to make sure she won't even try to get help. And so he just like makes her sit there while there's other people in the room to like prove that she won't um, leave yeah, him. Yeah, because she's so scared. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, it's horrible. Um, and so then I guess because he's posing as a cop, they start looking at cops and they find a cop that has been in the areas of all of the murders. Um, and arrest him and it's kind of clear to us the way that they're talking about it that it's this is like not the guy but mm-hmm. at the time they're referring to they think it was they th- they're like with all signs point to him and it's clear that the real killer has done some work here to set this guy up Amen. like he's put fingerprints places of this guy and this guy is the one being framed is does like solo police work and so he's just like basically in his police car alone all the time so he has like no alibis for any of the time mm-hmm. and um he gets found guilty and gets executed oh my god and has like interviews with his son who is like i had to like go through um thinking my dad was a serial killer and then like later him getting exonerated when the killings continued Oh, my God. And this is where they talk about September 11th. It's like uh, September 11th happened right afterwards. And so this was like all completely overshadowed. And so Mm. nobody. Like realized that that wasn't the killer, like everyone thought, oh, like that serial killer got caught. And yeah, they say comments like, you know, any other week, this would have been front page news. But obviously this week, it was not and people didn't hear about it 
So that's, I guess, why it's set in that time, just as a way to, because it's doing the thing like Blair Witch, where it's trying to make you think that it's real. And so it's like, oh, well, if this was real, how would I not have heard of it? So I think it's a way to like a device to make it be like, oh, you didn't hear about it because it was you were hearing about other stuff. September 11th happened. And so it's I think that's why they did that. You really can't make a movie like this using that now because you know it doesn't there's so many things a 24-hour news cycle is happening on so many different levels it would be somewhere so it does add to that thing where it's like oh yeah i mean you know back yeah in 2001 it's not like there's a tons of archive stuff for you to to look up in 2007 or if you're watching it in 2014 or or whatever you know if you think you're like oh this is real uh so it's kind of like a smart thing to do but you you can't get away with a lot of those things as much now, you know, right. and now and, and try to make that happen now. So I feel like, yeah, like this movie kind of came out at that kind of peak perfect time. time, anything later and you start to lose some of that. So it's like that kind of weird window where probably it not being released in full kind of probably took away from a lot of it. Although a lost film or like, Ooh, why was this shelved? Why can't we watch this also kind of exactly make it the scarcity mm-hmm. probably helps in, in the long run. Because if there wasn't that scarcity, you might not be talking about it right now. And the world would be a worse place. If we weren't talking about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> so then we see that he continues his killings. So we're, you know, people realize that that wasn't, wasn't him. Jesus. And uh, we see through the tapes him kidnapping a woman in a cop car like a woman asking a cop thinking she's asking a police officer a question and him saying like oh like i can take you there we don't like totally i don't think we totally see what the conversation is but he's like oh yeah just get in the back i'll take you right i'll take you right there and so this like woman just Uh, gets into the fucking back of a cop car which you can't get out of because Yeah. And uh, he takes her back to the basement and ties her Uh, up. And there's like, uh, you're not going to like this scene, but I thought it was. (laughs) You love the other one. The other one. I'll withhold judgment until I've heard the rest of it. She's tied up and she's close to the camera and she has clear like packing tape over wrapped over her mouth. And so you can like see her mouth screaming, which I don't know, just even that kind of stuck out to me as like an interesting choice. <laughs> Sorry to, but it's it, like, usually there, you don't see their mouth. So, um, uh, so, so you see her facing camera and you see something like moving slowly in the background toward her oh, and God it. it's the guy, but he is walking on his hands and feet, like in a downward dog position. And he has a mask on the back of his head and a mask on the, on his face, double masking. Okay. Okay. And so he's like waddling towards her in this little like a frame position and it's really unsettling and creepy. Um, but yeah, when he stood up and you saw that he also had a mask on his face, it, it did make me laugh. So, oh, this <laughs> I was going to say, I kind of like how much <laughs> we've talked about this before. If you're going to do it, you might as well be enjoying it yourself. And it sounds like he really is. So I think he's just he really having is. a good time. He's just having a laugh. He's, he's, having, like, a he's just having a laugh. Having a laugh. All right. 
Um, but he he comes up next to her and puts his hand next to her throat. And we see he has two needles attached to his fingers and he just slowly presses them into her throat. And she starts like coughing up blood into like the clear oh. tape. And it's so gross. But it was, I thought it was a pretty like creative little kill. Sorry. I know that's gross to say, but I was like, oh, this like looks very scary. They did a good job in this. The clear packing tape is, um, yeah, that's a, a very creepy touch. That yeah, also means that actor probably had a cap, a blood capsule in her mouth. And yeah. she, ta- she probably was, she was spitting like fake blood into her own mouth. Like that sucks. That still yeah. Sucks. And Definitely then to sucks. have it not come out for 10 years <laughs> to be like, I oh, did the that. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> people, I, people aren't even going to see it. Did I do it for nothing? Did I do that for nothing? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then one thing they say also that I thought was cool is in the interviews with the experts, like various detectives and psychologists, is that all he makes an effort to make all of his crime scenes like a little different. And so all of the profiles that people write up about him are contradicting. So it's like one profile, they're like, this man is like, high functioning his house will be very clean and another profile is like this person is probably a hermit in a very very messy house and so Mm. he's like throwing them off being able to even come up with an accurate profile so he's just very good at killing covering his tracks do you feel like is it just in movies or is it also in real life that serial killers are like very smart is there something but do you know how like you're more likely to have uh, mental illness if you're very smart is there some link between being a sociopath and being very high iq i just like because like that's a lot to do effectively jason do you talk about any serial killers on on ghost um, town i mean yeah yeah i mean i think there's a thing of you know usually comes with that is you have a feeling of like you know division narcissism superiority Um, and with that comes a lot of, you know, nobody gets me nobody's good enough to be around. You know what I mean? I'm kind of an island on myself. So there is kind of a, a lot of that and maybe being possibly only child or, or whatever. So yeah, right. there, I think there is, uh, there is a lot of that. And it's also, you know, you think like people, oh, you have to be, you have to be stupid to get duped into a cult or you have to be stupid to be a serial killer, you know, and that's not just you know, the, Neither of those things are necessarily true, right. and you know you kind of probably come come to uh, come to find that. But yeah, usually the person you know narcissism and and you know power and and, and stuff like that usually comes with some intelligence. Because if I don't know if you're narcissist, if you're an if you're an idiot, I'm using that word idiot. Like, do you understand really understand the concept of of of, of you know narcissism or you know superiority and, and stuff like that? I don't know, um, but right. I feel like that kind of goes hand in hand uh, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's also something in our culture where we like accidentally lionize serial killers um, like we are so entertained by them and we love to like watch content about them. And it's always from the ser- like it's always so focused on on them. The story is always revolving around them and, and like how incredible they are. And like, look what like like look, just what I heard of like, wow, that's impressive. a lot. That's like amazing <laughs> to pull that off. Because right. it's like a normal human can't do that. Right, right. 
maybe that's what it is. You want them to be different um, than normal humans. Mm. And part of that is being smarter. I don't know. But I think that uh, probably, I think a lot of people who are serial killers aren't necessarily like smart. I think that's just that a lot of serial killers like kill people who the police don't feel pressure to solve those cases. Uh Like, you know what I mean? Like it's a lot of people who are sex workers. Yeah. I was going to say when eight sex workers go missing, they're probably not all that concerned until it becomes clear that it's like, Oh, maybe this is a thing. Yeah. Oh, that's much sadder. Yeah. Let's, let's stay sad. Let's be sad and stay sad. Let's live in that and feel that. Let's be sad and stay sad. (laughs) I love feeling super sad now. I love that for us. (laughs) I really love that for us. Um, so, okay. So then in the movie, they find his house and they kind of say he wanted us to find it and he's not there and there's not a single fingerprint in the house, but they do find Cheryl who is like locked Uh. in a box. And he also, Oh, makes her wear a mask. Um, uh, like through the whole duration of the film, which spans theoretically like years and years. Like he just always makes her wear this mask or how long does it span? No, I guess it's not that long. It just felt like, cause there's 800 tapes. So I don't what know. What kind of mask is it? Mm, it's like a full one that goes over your full head. Like those like rubber masks of a, like a woman with uh, like makeup on kind of like a blow up oh. doll looking mask. Oh, terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a good one. We don't like many masks and we can add this to the list of not masks we don't like. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that one little bit. Um, and so they find Cheryl. She is still alive. Mm. She yeah, they like describe her condition while she's in the take, taken to the hospital that she has been like severely, severely tortured, like sexually tortured, physically tortured malnourished and they say things too horrible to say out loud. So it's like stuff like that, that it's like your mind just fills in. And it's like, we didn't see any of that. I mean, we didn't see most of that stuff. We saw some bad stuff with Cheryl, but yeah, your mind just really, really fills it in. Um, And they say it took them like a while, but they like eventually got an interview with Cheryl Um, and the interview with her is so sad. And she is just so completely traumatized. Yeah, of course. And doesn't know how to even talk, talk really to the interviewer. Like they're asking her a question and she's clearly scared of saying the wrong thing because so much of what she has been through is she can only behave in a certain way that was like allowed. And so she just keeps saying like, I, I, what do you want me to say? I like, I don't like, tell me what to say. I don't know what you want me to say. And she's like very, frightened of saying the wrong thing and then eventually she says he loved me and he'll come back for me he 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 like and it's like clear that he is completely yeah like fucked her up and she is i think also loves him or is like brainwashed into loving him yeah stockholm syndrome yeah and uh, that's the last thing she says in the interview. And then a little Chiron comes up that says two weeks later, Cheryl committed suicide and in her suicide note declared love for her, her love, undying love for her master. 
And uh, then this is like kind of the ending of the movie has a little post script that says, or no, I think it's still in the interviews where someone says there's 27 missing tapes and it's like, what's on those tapes? Maybe they showed his face or maybe it was stuff that was just too horrible to even see. All the other stuff was totally fine. <laughs> and oh, and one thing that's fun that they say is uh, like one of the psychologists says like, well, if you guys are doing this movie on him, one thing that's for certain is he will be at screenings of this. Like he won't be able to stay away. He's like a narcissist and will want to be the, he'll see this movie as many times as possible and be in as many theaters as he can, which is like clearly a thing that they tried to like make theater goers feel scared of. And then it just never went to theaters, which is a bummer for them. God, I wish I had more detail on why they didn't, if it's really just because it's too gruesome. Cause I mean, it is pretty fucked up. But, it also could know. just be things, just money or, you know, a lot of times where it's just things didn't work out. Distribution didn't happen and, and all that, you know, that kind of stuff or just wasn't feasible. But or it could. Yeah, it, it could be those. It could be those things. But I think other movies have come out like the, what is it? The Caterpillar. Uh, Human Centipede. Human Centipede. Caterp- Human Centipede yeah. Uh, and stuff. Like, yeah, I think a lot of things have, have kind of come out, but I think it's you know, they made this movie for it to be like this found footage thing. So it was not, it was made to be a horror movie. It was made to be this thing where you didn't know if it was like, is this real? But, you know, and I think the fact that it did get re-released was probably in the big picture, probably better for it than letting it in 2007, because I don't know how robust the internet would have been getting this around because yeah, Blair, Witch was a pretty big thing, but it had a pretty decent, it made a lot of money and had a pretty decent theatrical release where this, I don't know, would this have had that or would it just been like one of those things where, you know, it ended up on Shutter anyway. So I feel like it may have been a beneficial to that because everyone loves a lost film. Yeah. You know? uh, and so when they made it, I think they made it to come out in 2007 and experience it in 2007, not in 2014 or 2021, because it kind of loses a little bit of that because, you know, it's like not because you can go on IMDb and be like, you're all alive. Yeah, this is a movie, you know? Yeah, yeah. this isn't real. Because we rushed to like, you know, we watch something, you, you know, I do. I mean, I can't without looking at a filming location or what's uh, where do I know this person from? So you by that do it. alone, you know, it's not a documentary. You know, it's not real. Uh, you know, in 2007, there might be a little less of that because iPhones were barely out. I know. Crazy. Crazy. Don't even want to think about a world like that. Don't, but. don't even bring that up. <laughs> but the psychology behind experiencing this i try to think like technologically and like what's going on and what's like available i feel like the impact then is a lot different than the impact now but but at least people love to find something that oh yeah this came out it really didn't have a wide release i want to watch it because i just love horror movies and and the fact that it wasn't available and now it is available makes me want to watch it and it's called the poughkeepsie tapes which is such a kind of a benign title in itself know, it's, you know for, yeah it's, it's so not benign the movie is the opposite no. of benign <laughs> no and i don't know you know i i didn't pick this because like this is a great movie i believe in the message uh it's <laughs> not a thing it was you had a list and i because i couldn't get it and this is on your list yes this was a listener a listener request the listener yes so whoever that whoever the listener was, <laughs> yeah. you name them. Take it up. We'll take you it can up. go fuck yourself, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it jumped out at me because I wanted to do an episode of Ghost Town about Kendall Francois. And 
uh, did a little work on, did some on TikTok on I never actually made the, the thing I might now after talking about it. Uh, but it kind of jumped down. I was like, I used to Poughkeepsie and I like, I like, I don't know, hometown stuff. Like a lot of people don't have like, some people don't even have a hometown serial killer. Think about it. Think about that. Yeah. That's really yeah. scary. <laughs> That's, that's really a, scary. That's you really, you're lucky. You're without you're really lucky. You're really lucky. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, I had really fucked up dreams after this movie. If you can believe it, I had like crazy nightmares last night. I'm and not surprised. I woke up it at like like four thirty in the morning, which is pretty spooky time. And I hate to report that the motion detector light outside of my bedroom just kept turning on and off. No. <laughs> and I couldn't fall back asleep. So I was awake for like two hours just being like, wonder who's walking around outside my bedroom. I would never get up and check. That's the rule. Don't look. <laughs> don't, look don't look. And then they're not there. They can't be there if you're not looking. Jesus Christ. Um, also, my mom is in town right now and we almost watched this together, but she went out to dinner instead. I was like, thank fucking God. <laughs> Would she have been? Yeah. What would your mom have thought? I think she would have absolutely hated every second of it. I'm sure she would have like walked out. Of As it. She, she should. Yeah, she doesn't. <laughs> she doesn't like horror movies in general. And I think this is a pretty uh, deep end, deep end one. As mm-hmm. far as as, yeah, like gore and torture and that kind of thing. I didn't actually feel like terribly scared. Uh, it's just like just upsetting disturbing. and disturbing. Yeah. And then I was, I was scared at four 30 in the morning when the motion detector lights were going on. Yeah. Um, but Jason, thank you so much for coming on the pod. Yeah. A, thank you. So it was much. a, it was a delight aside from all of the me. subject matter <laughs> Aside from everything we talked about. It was delightful. And yeah. Jason, can you tell us a bit about where people can find you, where our listeners can find you can find ghost town you can yeah you can find ghost town wherever you get uh listen to podcasts or ghosttownpod.com and it's in my instagram if you like filming locations in general or for horror movies my instagram is the jason horton uh i'll be on the new season i believe of um the history channels history's greatest mysteries next Ooh, season cool uh, I've done some episodes awesome. of that. yes yeah, so i've been again i don't know what if i'm in it you know but i've been doing some episodes of that talking about some I can't say what, but talking about subject mm. matter that your listeners might be interested in. Ooh, so uh, Lawrence Fishburne is the host and I'm like an expert. I don't know, whatever oh I God, am. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. So there's that. And then, uh, yeah, I'm working on my second book, but my um, book, his, uh, Abandoned Historic Los Angeles Neon and Beyond, I'll just show it to you because there's a, I don't know if you can oh, see yeah. it. Put it you got to put it in front like. of you. We'll, we'll tag it. We'll, like we'll put it in yeah, the yeah. episode description. But, um, <laughs> it's, it's hiding. My, uh, yeah, so that that's out. And if you like, I mean, you live in Los Angeles or not, and you like to see cool vintage signs, uh, abandoned and historic places, um, that's available. Uh, and it was LA Magazine's top books of 2020 about Los Angeles. So oh, my like, God, amazing. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah. Fun. yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm an, I guess as an author, um, I like horror movies. You know what I mean? Like I like to start mm-hmm. things off saying as an author now. I don't know, it's just something <laughs> I do. People love to hear it too. They're really, they're like, wow, it's really interesting. Um, yeah. No, so you got to start. Whenever I get that. a chance to do that. I mean, and so many as a so rich many, author, excuse me, as a, a well, young, 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 younger, wealthy. and wealthier every day. <laughs> oh. 
pretty much the the main character protagonist of every horror movie is an author so it's really straight yeah, in the core, yeah. you know a published author sorry published author ah uh, yes as a published author it's not self-published just want to let people know it's not nothing wrong with that it's not self-published <laughs> don't have, i don't i don't have what it takes to publish a, a book i have to have someone else uh, do it and get most of the money from it so it's great it's great they get the most that's great get, mm. at least it's great yeah happy for them <laughs> love it love hollywood <laughs> um well we will put all of the info to find jason and uh ghost town and his books in the episode description everybody check that out and that's all we got for you guys today so from all of us here at too scary didn't watch goodbye goodbye, goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. I'm here to remind you to head on over to Apple Podcasts where you can rate, review, and subscribe if you had as much fun as we did. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast, although admittedly not as great about updating our Twitter as we are on our Instagram. Um, if we are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. You can sign up for access to things like bonus episodes, bingo cards, send in suggestions, all that type thing uh i think that's it except for the fact that we love you forever and ever and ever and ever and ever okay see you next week